Hello friends, my name is Tyler, and you're listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Hey everyone, Alec here, bringing you another episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast, a show where we share the lives of everyday people living an everyday life in faith. On this episode, I have my friend, Tyler Downs. Tyler's actually one of the people that inspired me to do this podcast. He's lived a life full of wisdom and lives with honesty. And so I want to sit down and just see how his life led him to where he is now. He's a husband, friend, church staff member, musically talented. He has a blog. All around, he's a great guy. But it wasn't always that easy. In fact, in high school, Tyler had a life of drink, get wasted, and repeat. He would say he believed in God, but wasn't living a life for him. It wasn't real to him. But when he was invited to a conference, that all changed. So it was um, a really big conference in uh, Oklahoma City. It happened January 12, 2012. It was like, okay, I have, like, Jesus is it. So at that point, I was willing to do whatever it took to, like, actually follow him. He was ready for a new beginning, a real life for Jesus. So he went to Dry Gulch, USA, a kid's summer camp to be a counselor. Just a few short months of making that commitment and decision. There, he hit another big moment of growth in his faith, but it was still going to prove a challenge for him. So let's catch up with my conversation with Tyler, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So basically, live a live a normal life till high school, get into the party scene. Hey, I like this party for quite a while. Um, and then just you somehow ended up at a conference and you said, All right, Jesus, this is real. Let's do this. A couple months later, yeah, I'll work at a camp. So when you get to Dry Gulch, and you know, we're going to focus on it, because mm-hmm. for a lot of us, that is a big turning point for us. Did Dry Gulch have that kind of like impact on you? Like, Did that help reinforce this whole Jesus thing that you're finally going through? Yeah, I'd say up to that point in my life, 2013 was literally the best summer of my entire life. Um, like Looking back, even from now it's still one of the most spiritually high seasons of my life. Mm -hmm. Like you're just in like this perfect little heaven on earth bubble Mm -hmm. um, of, yeah, you're ministering to kids, but I think the most impactful part for me was the people I was working with and the other counselors and just all the other staff, like building like life changing relationships with the people you're working with. Um, It was just amazing. And that was the first time, since I was 16, so I was 20 at the time. So in four years, that was the first time I was sober for more than two weeks in a row. Oh, wow. So, and that was kind of what launched me into eventually becoming sober and not drinking anymore. You basically had like no choice but to. Right. Okay. And then with Dry Gulch, you live, so did you stay at the same college the summer after, like going into junior year? So that was junior year, Tyler. Yeah. So long story short, at the end of sophomore year, well, in the middle of my sophomore year of college, I read Sun read Sun Stand Still by Stephen Furtick. And it's just about having really big faith. And our audio engineer to my right has some beef with this book. <laughs> uh, David, if you, do you want to say hi, David? What's up? Um, which is understandable. Um, we'll get, that's a completely different episode. That's a rabbit trail. We can't go down right now. Um, but basically 
made me think that I didn't need college to follow God and his plan for my life. So long story short, I was convinced at the end of sophomore year that I was quitting UCO and moving to Colorado to go to Karis Bible College. Wait, what? <laughs> and then I go to Dry Gulch. And then after Dry Gulch, I'm like, okay, this plan logistically doesn't work. Like trying to figure out a place to live and how to work and go to school. I was super stressed out. And then my mom was like, well, why don't you just move home and go to NSU Broken Arrow? It's like, okay, that actually makes me feel pretty good. So, so junior I- year was actually like pretty depressing, honestly. It went from this huge, like before, lots of friends at college, um, best summer of my life. And mm-hmm. then I moved back home, working at Los Cabos again, because I started there when I was 16, um, going to school, removed from all of my Christian friends. So the only ones that I have left are not good influences. Okay. So getting back, basically a huge relapse, like partying hard again when I didn't want to, like oh. Paul. Like like right after Dry Gulch, yeah, back into it. for real. Like two weeks and just relapse all the way. Um, And it wasn't that I was like wanting to party. It's just old habits kicked back in. Like moving back into my mom's house where I grew up. And I don't know. It's just weird. Like the pattern was there from like high school. Yeah. It's like Paul, when he says like, I do the things I don't want to do. Right. That's exactly what was happening. Yep. And so you didn't even go to dry gold. It's like the next summer, which is when I would be there. What happened then? Was it because of the partying or what, what, what happened? I look back and part of me, actually a lot of me wishes I would have worked there in 2014. Um, maybe, I don't know if I have like written any journals. I should probably go look back and see <laughs> if I wrote anything during that time. Um, Dry Gold sucks with five <laughs> X's. Yeah. I can't remember why I didn't go to Dry Gold that summer. The only thing I can think of was just to work at Los Cabos and make money. But Camp money, don't make money. <laughs> yeah, because you don't make a whole lot out there. Dang. Well, they're closed now, so yeah. <laughs> I guess you can throw shade. Okay. But now here we are, 2014 post I still haven't actually met Tyler. He's just a story that people talk about. <laughs> we still haven't even really become friends or known each other. Um, and this is a lot of basic intro to where you are now. Yeah. When did you start getting back to God then? Yeah, I think the really hard part was like during all of that time, like I was still at an intimate relationship with Jesus, I feel like, and I was still pursuing him with everything that I had. So like there was times like coming home just completely wasted, but like singing and praising worship music in the car on the way home. Like while you're drunk. Yeah. Like while I'm wasted and like thinking about the things of God. So I don't know. People let shame get in the way of them following Jesus. And I just wasn't going to let that happen. Um, So even though it could have been seen from the outside that I was just a screw up or that I just relapsed which technically we could say every lapse, I guess, but <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah, but, <laughs> but I was going to keep showing up and doing what God called me to do. So, so at what point do you feel like there was that, like, really like put this away kind of thing? Was there like, can you think of a definitive moment that that happened? Um, so the relapse happens after camp. I think there was a, so obviously like a, really big drop like decrease and then you get to the bottom of the valley and i think there was just one after another times of me getting drunk and 
just regretting my decisions. And finally, after they all compile, it's like, I'm done with this. Mm. I'm never drinking again because I'm tired of this. Okay. Um, so just one too many way painful decisions kind of gets you there. And then, so that was the bottom. And then you start climbing back up. Um, started seeing significant progress. And then I went to Dry Gulch again in 2015. Like how, how far removed are you from like, I guess this, like I'm tired of this moment to the next time you go to Dry Gulch 2015. Um, it actually wasn't too long. I think it was about six months away. Okay. So it was close enough to give me hope. (laughs) (laughs) Something, something to hold on to. Yeah. So I remember before 2015, um, well, the last time I ever drank was May of 2015. So right before camp mm-hmm. and because of camp, that was like one more summer that kind of catapulted me into a, the, a next spiritual high mm-hmm. and I've been sober since then. So I guess awesome. camp 2015 is what really helped me get, get on my feet again. And you had like people connected with you because you had this big story and like everything I heard, you basically had told them like from the get go, like, Hey, this is me going through this crazy stuff, but here I am for Jesus. Like that impacted people. But then I meet you and you're like, yeah, I guess like <laughs> that, that was me. I'm, I'm Tyler now. Yeah. But yeah. So you get on this high and you know, we become friends of course, and a bunch of other people. So now you're going to, you're, so after that, are you still at NSU? Like, when do you get to Tahlequah then? Yeah, so... This is where it really starts to... This is where a bunch of, like... This This is really when decisions start happening, I guess. Yeah. So I go out to Dry Gulch 2015. Again, up to that point, best summer of my entire life. Still one of the highest spiritual highs in my the time up, of following Jesus, I guess. The other best summer. Yeah, the other best summer. Um, And then... Dry Gulch is over, and actually right before camp started, I was listening to worship music from one of the Seeds conferences. The conference that Church on the Move, you know, puts on so that other churches can grow. So, yeah. Yeah, so I was listening to worship, and Diana was singing some song. and Probably Oceans. Yeah, and I just knew that I knew that God wanted me to go to Tahlequah for my last semester, which made zero sense. Why didn't it make any sense? Because I could graduate in Broken Arrow and live at home. Oh, but now I'm going to have to go pay rent and move to another city that's an hour away just to complete nine hours of schoolwork. That's really not that fun. No, it's not fun. <laughs> so finished my last semester of college. My degree in undergrad is a, a marketing. Um, like, was it difficult in Tahlequah? Like, did you just, did you ever find out why did he want you there? Or do you think it was just like a trial you had to go through? Like, what was the purpose of Tahlequah then, if you felt like God really wanted you there? The only thing I can think of is it reminds me of the book, The Shack. Um, You're a big Shack fan. Yeah. The book's amazing. Apparently, there's a lot of theological issues with it, but... If you read it because you want a relationship with Jesus, it's beautiful. You are reading all the controversial books today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tahlequah was the most alone season of my entire life. Hmm. So I wasn't lonely, but it was the most alone time I ever had. And like there was days that went by, like this sounds weird, but 
There'd be some days I went a whole day without verbally talking to a single person, and I could feel my body physically hurting because of it. Um, so it was a really good season of spiritual growth, obviously, because all I had to do was spend time with Jesus. Like you had no choice. Like, it's just me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had <clears throat> three different friends in Tahlequah that were just like kind of friends, mm-hmm. and they were all in like different friend groups. So really didn't have friends out there. Um, no, I remember because you visited us a lot back mm-hmm. in Tulsa. I had finally moved to Tulsa yeah. and you were there at least every other week. I was like, Tyler, you can't sustain this drive. <laughs> you don't even work at Los Cabos anymore. It was a miracle how I made it financially. I think my dad has given me money, which was, <laughs> wasn't normal. God um, provides though, right? Do what? God provides. I know for real. Okay. And something else that came out of that was that was when I started my blog. You have a blog. I do have a blog. Is it still active? Um, it's active if we say two posts a year is active. Hey, everyone. <laughs> We're going to get Tyler back onto the blog. I'm going to plug the mess out of that. We're getting it back on. This is actually just a soft launch of your blog again. Oh, my gosh. Season four. Yeah. So that got launched, and it really... I don't even know how I got... I don't remember having the idea. All I remember is me doing it. Um, I ha- I didn't think anybody was going to read it, mm-hmm. but I was just real and shared my experiences walking with God. And I got a lot of really good responses out of it. And long story short, two years later, or maybe a year and a half later, um, whenever Jerrica came into the scene, my wife... Nice. R- reading the blogs is what gave her enough trust to go on a date with me wait really yeah so she read almost, i think all of them before we even met up in person <laughs> one-on-one like we Be- were like all in a friend group yeah yeah so if anything god had me write these blogs so that my future wife would trust me enough to go on a date with me oh my gosh i never never knew that yeah i'm starting a blog i'm <laughs> At this moment, I'm single. Like I am starting a blog tonight after this, after we record this. Hey, pro tip. If you want a wife who loves Jesus, just start a blog. Just start a blog. <laughs> Do you feel like they were good blogs or they were good enough? Um, At least good enough. I mean... <laughs> like, did you ask her out and she was like, let me read something first? <laughs> I don't remember because we had a few conversations in person and then somehow you knew about my blogs probably on my Instagram or Facebook or something. Or we all talked about it. Hey, have you met Tyler? He has a blog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can't remember, but she told me later that that's why she felt comfortable going out with me. Dang, I finally figured out my problem, dude. I am, I'm giving this tip to everyone. You, (laughs) you can write a book now. You already wrote a blog. Oh, that's funny. So, all right. So Tahlequah, maybe God wanted you to get to Tahlequah to write a blog. To one day get a wife. I mean, honestly, that could be it. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I don't know. We're going to ask him that one day. Yeah, for sure. Because I guess you're 100% getting to heaven now. <laughs> okay. So, all right, you graduate. Now we're in Tulsa. Now you really can't go anywhere. Yep. So I think would the next step for you be, like, you're trying to get involved with church more. You're doing yeah. a lot of young adult stuff. It's the next step, you know, wh- what do you feel like you're going to do? Because you still work at Los Cabos, right? Yep. So, graduating, okay, so I thought being in college was confusing. As soon as I graduated, my confusion level was like times 100,000. 
like, because I went from something narrow, like, okay, I know I have to finish college. I'll figure out what I'm doing after that. And then I get graduated and then my options open up like the Red Sea. I'm like, holy crap, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Applied to some ministry jobs. At the time, I wasn't attending church on the move. Wait, um, you weren't? No. Where so were you going? Life Church at this point in my life. Long story short, that's another thing we can't get into. <laughs> Not throwing shade, just yeah. different topic. <laughs> it was just a different season of life. Um, I actually got, so my first job out of college, I went four weeks, actually probably five or six weeks after graduation before I got a job. That's it was dream. An, well, <laughs> I played a lot of World of Warcraft during that time. What? You yeah. played World of Warcraft? Yes. Oh my gosh. I am. I admire you so much more now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm secretly a game nerd. Um, well, no, you're, uh, for people that don't know, Tyler is the best guitar hero player <laughs> I know. Hey, I'll take that one. He only plays at super speeds, only on expert, and he says he can't play at anything worse. Yeah. And it's his, it's his party trick, and we all just watch him play guitar hero. Yeah. It's like the only thing I'm competitive in. We'll fix that one day. It'll, yeah. it'll, tra- we'll figure out where that translates later. Yeah. But, okay, five weeks pass. Yeah. Um... And then my stepdad's sister reaches out to me. So she was like basically second in command at Reading Partners. It's a nonprofit that helps kindergarten or not kindergartners, like K through I think up to fifth grade. Um, it increases their literacy skills so that they can not get held back and keep up state testing. Um, it's an organization that's all over the United States. So I was like, okay, well, it's not waiting tables. So I guess I'll do that. So, did you quit Los Cabos or did you do both? No, I hadn't started back up at Los Cabos yet. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so I signed a six month contract with him. They do a lot of great work. Um, and some of the work is really impactful, especially for the kids. And there's lots of results. It just wasn't for me. Um, Something, it was, it was familiar to you though. You'd work a kid, but you still felt like, okay, yeah, it's familiar, but. Not me. Like, mm-hmm. this still is not it. Okay. Yeah, so still not it. What was your degree in, by the way? Marketing. Marketing, okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not where the kids are, so. Mm-hmm. So this part of the story is actually really funny. So my contract ends. Do you remember where I work? You worked at where I work <laughs> right now. Cheapest auto insurance. Uh, you can call us, look us up on the internet. I, this is not an ad. We are not sponsored by my job oh, yet. My um, But... And you worked there for a week. Yeah, I worked there for five days. And we were going to work together because I applied soon after. Yeah. Um, also found out very quickly that wasn't for me. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm glad you guys like it. No, yeah, I love my job. <laughs> I just I just don't know why you wouldn't, but whatever. We'll move on quickly. Yeah. So I quit. Um, you quit a well-paying good job. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. The only other thing I know is Los Cabos was actually pretty enjoyable for in some ways. So I text my manager, my old manager from Los Cabos, and I get put on the schedule like the next week. So then oh, they, I, they wanted you. Yeah. So start full time there. And then like what you're mentioning earlier, wanting to be involved in ministry. So I formed my schedule at Los Cabos to allow me to have specific meetings like um, all the young adult stuff we were doing so that I could meet with the pastors up at 180 campus, not 180 student ministries. Yeah. Just okay. Clarify. Yeah, you're good. Um, maybe some people don't go yeah. to church on the move here. Yeah. It's all good. So, yeah. Okay. 
So you start doing those meetings. I guess the next big thing is like eventually you decide, I guess, would it be you want to be an intern? Would that be the next step? <laughs> yeah. So how did that, tell me about that process. What made you decide, okay, this is all fun and all, but I need more, I guess, which is logical, but yep. what were the steps looking like into that? So August of 2017, Stephen Furtick came to victory. Oh, Stephen Furtick's powerful. Okay. Yeah. That, in the podcast, listen to Stephen <laughs> Furtick. We're done. Yeah. So me and Jerrica go to that. Oh, y'all are dating. Yep. Me and, are y'all married yet? No. Oh, okay. So I thought and, I skipped something. Yeah. Me and Jerrica started dating in October of 2016. Yeah. So we She's were... She's dating a waiter. Yeah. That kind of helps at church. Got Who it. has no idea what he's doing with his life. Whereas she is, yeah. she is a woman of God. I know. She had a house and she had a full-time job teaching already. So I felt so small. <laughs> how much older is she than you? Oh, just 10 months. And she's an older woman. Look yeah. at you. And you somehow scored that with a blog. Right. All right. Did taking, well. taking more notes. Continue. Okay. You start, you have a girlfriend now. Mm-hmm. Still want to be a waiter. Yep. Let's go to a conference. Logical. Got it. Yeah. So we go to Stephen Furtick at Victory and... I can't remember what he's talking about, but obviously super impactful and inspirational. We get in the car and we both are thinking the same thing. The reason I haven't been in ministry yet is because I haven't been willing to basically risk it and go for it. Like she felt that about you. Yeah. Like we both said the exact same thing. After college, I literally felt like I was wandering in the wilderness and that God forgot about me. Like for real. I thought that my calling was thrown out the window and he said, ha, good luck. (laughs) Like you messed up somehow. That's how it really felt. Dang. Because yeah, anyway, we we won't go on all that, I guess. (laughs) They got kind of sad for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, I literally thought God forgot me. So wandering in the wilderness that night sparked me into action. I was looking up at internships because I wasn't willing to do whatever it took. And wow. I didn't want to mess up my financial well-being to do whatever it takes to get into ministry. So I look at Life Church. I applied for a Life Church internship, and then I also applied for the internship at Church on the Move. Okay. Um, I hear back from both, and um, I think I had the interview with Church on the Move, and it was in September at this point. So. Internship had already started. I was like, I don't even know if they're going to get back with me. Yeah. Uh, I have the interview with Aaron Davis and Amanda Little. It's really cool. Um, Great people. Yeah. Super good leaders. Um, and I actually, I think Life Church got back to me right before that. And I like declined it because I basically knew I was supposed to go to Church on the Move. But internship. was that scary? Like you didn't have a confirmation Church on the Move yet. And you had this confirmation from Life Church, then, which on it which is a bigger church like was that a big moment for you to say like you know what no it's it's not it Mm -hmm. so with the life church thing i hadn't gotten an offer yet it was like to set up an interview okay um but still it's like well if i really think i'm hearing from god i guess i better do this yeah so i took the internship with church on the move and obviously it's not paid um which does not help your financial yeah. idea. In my interview I said I'm proposing in 1 week from today. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that either. That. So you still feel okay like God also told you time to get married, also be an intern. Yeah. So this basically went against the grain of what any financial planner would tell you. Any logic. 
any logic says this is a horrible idea. Um, but I, we both knew that this is what I needed to do. Took a huge pay cut, obviously, doing this internship. I was only doing like 15, and actually 10 to 20 hours a week at my internship. And uh-huh. then I was doing, well, working weekends and nights, some nights at Los Cabos. And that was also really difficult because I had to have enough time with Jerica and friends and family. So didn't make, well, I guess I'll just be transparent. I was making about a thousand to $1,100 a month during this internship. Yeah. That's That's like like nothing. No, that's like after rent, you get to eat, you get to eat waffles for breakfast every Saturday Mm -hmm. and maybe a sandwich. Yeah. So, but at this time is perfect timing because I was moving out of the apartment with Drew and then I moved in with my grandma until I got married. So okay. we get married and started the internship. We got married about three months afterwards. Wait, you got married in three months? Mm-hmm. Why so fast? How are you okay with that? Because that's another <laughs> issue. You just started interning. You just admitted you have no money really, but you should get married in three months. Mm-hmm. Why? How does that make any sense, Tyler? Um, cause I remember at the time, like when you proposed, we were already all like, how long have they been dating? Like that was yeah. the first, no one said congratulations when they were told, they were like, wait, how long have they been dating? Oh, mm-hmm. congratulations, Tyler. How long has y'all been dating? Yeah. And then when we heard that, like y'all are trying to get married quick, we were just like, I Is mean, you pregnant? <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say it, but no, but we were just like, I, that was never, Jerica's here. Jerry, I, that was never an idea that crossed my mind, but. Huh, that makes more sense now. Huh, they don't have a kid. Um, <laughs> but why? Why did, did was that also like God saying, "Hey, y'all, y'all got to do this now"? Like, where? How did you, did you have peace in that decision, or was that something scary to say? Let's just do it. Um, at that point, like whenever I proposed, I knew that I knew that, like, there was nothing. There was no even yellow flags of getting married. I've never even heard someone say yellow. Yeah. That's something else to think about. There weren't any caution signs. Wow. So I propose. And another thing, obviously finances as a part of relationships, going through Financial Peace University, listening to Pastor George all these years, budgeting every month. We use every dollar. This is not a paid sponsor, (laughs) by the way. Thank you, but I'll take one. (laughs) Yeah. But budgeting every single month so that you can know exactly what you can or can't do with your life. Mm -hmm. That's the reason I was able to do the internship because I calculated based on my past history, um, how much money I would make working the shifts I was working, plus all of our expenses once we got married, plus Jerrica's income. And we knew that we had enough to survive. Um, so yeah, getting married in three and a half months after proposing, we just knew that marriage was what we were going to do. And yeah, plus, I mean, let's just be real staying pure as Come part on. of the equation. Come on. So I just feel like the longer the engagement is, the harder it is to stay pure. That's a lesson for people. So yeah. that'll, that'll strike some chords right there. Oh man. So congratulations on the marriage, by yeah. the way. Love y'all. Thanks. But, uh, so after that, so you get married, we're trying to figure out this internship, internship from what I could tell, you know, internship goes pretty well. Um, what was the steps after the internship? What was that going to look like? Cause these internships, you know, aren't even always guaranteed a job. What were you going to do with this? What was going to happen? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So going into it, there's zero promise of anything coming on the other side of it. So it's just a huge season of trusting God. Um, so my internship started in September of 2017 and then it was going through technically July of 2018. So summer rolls around and actually this whole summer is like so up in the air for both me and Jerrica because we're both married at this point. Well, we're, we're married. I hope uh, we're you're both. both married. Yeah, we are married to each other. She at this crossed point. her fingers. Doesn't count. Yeah. Um, long story short, Jerrica feels like she's supposed to leave because she was teaching at Jinx Public Schools. Mm-hmm. She felt like she, something else was in store for her. And then, so she applied to Epic Charter Schools. Where is that? So it's an online school. Oh, okay. Based in Tulsa, but it's online. Okay. I, I've heard about stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So it's really good. A lot of teachers are like flocking to that. And then she also applied to Lincoln. Um, Which is a school Church on the Move does. Yep. So private Christian school. And we thought that that was it for her. And she gets a job offer from Epic. Hasn't heard back from Lincoln yet but we think Lincoln is it. And so we declined the offer from Epic, which With, was... Without knowing Lincoln, for sure. Yeah, without knowing Lincoln was going to happen. Just that God is saying, hey, this is it. We both felt God was saying, Lincoln is where you're going to go. Okay. At the same time, me having no idea what I'm doing after my internship. Um, so you're in a possible like zero income moment. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, Lincoln gets back with her and she doesn't get the job. And she texted me at work and I literally couldn't see straight. Like, is this a joke? Why would you like talking to God? Why would you let this happen? Like we were both certain and then it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So anyway, then Jerrica is like, well, I guess I'm done teaching. So she tries to start doing a whole bunch of interior design stuff. Nothing works. Um, she feels completely lost. Probably the most wandering slash lost season of her entire life, at least adult life for sure. Yeah. Kind of just feeling hopeless. And eventually, cause nothing's working out. So then eventually Lincoln actually reaches back out to her and they say, hey, we have an opening. So she goes in for an interview. Um, and at the same time, I was hearing rumblings within my department that I was interning in that there could be some spots open for me. I actually was approached about three different opportunities, not saying I would have gotten any one that I picked, but yeah. at least to start the interview process for. Mm. Um, so Jerrica goes through the interview process and then she gets hired. And then two weeks later, I get hired within my department that I was interning in at Church on the Move. So God was just like, went from no certainty about anything to just, bam, here you go. So, But in that interim moment, in that from the time of, hey, you didn't get the job up to new interview, what what were you thinking? What were you talking to God about? How did you stay positive? Because that that, um, to... Others sounds like an earth shattering kind of thing, a faith hurting kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember what we were thinking about. It was really tough, and Jerrica shed lots of tears during that time. Sorry, I'm sharing your vulnerability for you. I had to do a whole other podcast with Jerrica <laughs> now. Jerrica, did you hear what Tyler said about you? 
let's give your side of the story now. Um, but as I say here, I just think of Job and some things you just can't understand. And I think looking back at it, like Jerica's in a better role than what she would have had if she would have taken the first um, two jobs that was presented as a potential job, like the first time around. But if anything, so going into 2000, well, that year, my word, something. <laughs> two, I guess it's 2018. My word for the year was trust. Yeah. And at the beginning of the year, I had no idea how much trouble we were going to find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. So looking back, it was a season of trusting God, even whenever it seems like nothing's working out or that there's nothing coming down the pipe for you. Yeah. So. And what way do you think, how, how did you really feel in that time? Did you feel like you gave off this kind of hopelessness sometimes? Were you feeling sad or did you kind of, did you honestly just kind of hide it for a little bit? Like what did out outside looking in, what did it look like to other people? Cause in this time I know there were like, even in the friend groups, like slight rumbling, maybe like very low key, but how did you manage to cope this whole time? Yeah. Um, I think it's just remembering all the things that God has done for you in the past. So if you're a brand new Christian and you're just getting hit in the face with life, it's kind of tough to fall back on all of your other experiences with God. But because we've been walking with Jesus for five or six years by that point, it's like, this makes no sense. Um, I feel like you've abandoned us or just let us down. But we know that you're good and we know that you're just, so we're just going to trust you anyway. And it's just, I mean, spending time with him every day and reading his word, listening to worship music, going to church, staying plugged in, having a community. Um, So it's almost like you had to build a support system around you to be able to do this. You definitely couldn't have just done it on yourself alone, on your faith alone, but you had help through all of this, I guess, like just staying level with God. Right. Yeah, I think whenever like, I mean, we can't say this was a tragedy necessarily, but in painful seasons of life, I have no idea how people do it without other people. Like, and even during that time, just like, just getting together with friends and laughing is exactly what you need sometimes. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need somebody giving you a sermon on how to fix your problems. You just want to laugh with somebody. So, yeah, that's awesome. You've learned to trust, you know, after all this experience, some hurt, it finally pulls through. Things are coming together. Decision after decision, you know, get married. All right. That's a big one. All right. How's this internship going? New job. Oh no. Oh sweet. Okay. This can actually happen. Things are starting to look up, and right now, the last thing I wanted to touch on, you made one more big decision, because finances came up a few times in a bunch of these decision makings, and this last decision you've made recently, a big life-changing one, is something I want to touch on, too. What what have you decided now, recently? (laughs) Yeah, so I can't say that this is because I'm awesome or that even now I think you're awesome so yeah I'm going to seminary so it's a master's in theology um, it's all online and uh, getting to the place of saying yes I think honestly has been a, a process for like six years now why is that this wasn't some this isn't then 
uh, like I said, recent. This is actually something that's been working on you then. Right. Um, I did write a blog about this, if anybody wants like full details. Shame, unashamed of Plug it plug. in. There it is. You, go for it. I'll do all the links for you, Tyler. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Um, it's always been a desire of mine to go to grad school, like since I was like 19. Wow. And I heard Tim Keller say, if you've had a dream that's lasted more than five years, you can be pretty certain it's from God. Mm-hmm. So it passed the Tim Keller test of five years. Okay. Um, and it's always been a desire. <clears throat> and I feel like now more than ever, it's like the perfect time because I'm married and we don't have kids yet. So yet. Yeah. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> Um, but getting to the point of saying yes, I found out that the biggest obstacle to me going to grad school is finances. Um, and it turns out I had a, I guess a mindset or a worldview where I was pursuing wealth. So I guess I was committing idolatry because, um, building my financial portfolio was more important than saying yes to Jesus. And because you hear a lot of people like Dave Ramsey says, basically, if you're using debt, then you're making the wrong choice. So I had no idea how we were going to ever pay for grad school. I work at a church and Jerica works at a school. <laughs> so, the, like it typically, <clears throat> even though it does decent, like that's all it is. It's, it's decent pay, but mm-hmm. nobody looks at you like, ah, that church guy has so much money. Right. I bet that teacher makes bank. Yeah. So no definitely offense. not making bank. And um, I guess I had it in my mind that we're going to just do our best to be. I justified it because we're going to be good stewards of God's money. Yeah. Um, But I was pursuing wealth over Jesus. Mm-hmm. and But I was so conflicted on, like, I don't know how. I didn't want more student loans, um, but I felt called to go to seminary. So I was very stuck. Like, I have to do this. No idea how, though. Yeah, but I feel like wisdom says you can't do it this way. But I still felt called to go. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I have no idea. So that was a wrestling match that happened for years, honestly. And then one night, this is in like November, maybe December of 2018. Um, I lay my head down on the pillow to go to sleep and I immediately see the story of Abraham and God calling Abraham to sacrifice his only son. Literally God telling a dude to take his son up on a mountain and stab him in the heart with a <laughs> knife because God said so. I mean, when you put it that way. Yeah. Like, okay. So, and the point I'm making is I feel like the, Something that's probably hindering Christians in America from following Jesus is the theme of, and this is still in the lab, this idea. So oh. don't <laughs> hold me to this. We'll, we'll find this in our five-year podcast. Yeah. yeah, something like that. This um, is wrong. <laughs> of the difference between having peace and feeling peace. Wow. Like a lot of people, well, does it give you peace? Like this decision. You just called me out on my own podcast. I asked you this. (laughs) Yeah. So looking at this story, I immediately knew Abraham most likely did not feel peace. Yeah. 
of holding the knife over his son and about to stab him. Um, but he could have had peace because he knew that God was going to raise his son back to life. And then I look of at Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. He was sweating blood and it said that his spirit was crushed to the point of death. Clearly he was not feeling so great. He did not feel peaceful in that moment, but he had peace because he was willing to drink the cup that God put before him. That's good. So it's more of a knowledge of, I know this is the right decision, even though I don't feel so great. And me deciding to go back to seminary, I literally wanted to vomit until there was (laughs) nothing left to come up. Like, that's how I felt. So then I had that thought. I was like, well, crap. (laughs) I have to do this. I have to do this. (laughs) And so I told Jerrica. And then there was one night um, I sat on the couch. I love building financial spreadsheets. Um, Uh, Yeah, that's everybody's hobby, you know. (laughs) There's a a club for that. Yeah, so I... uh, I start doing the math, plugging in our budget and the cost of school. And I was like, holy crap, we can pay in cash for this. Wait, really? Yeah. Is I mean, we're on slim living, but we're able to pay for cash. And then starting next semester, um, there's a scholarship they offer that covers one third of my tuition. So all along, I thought it was impossible, but just sitting down to do the math um, it's very possible. Wow. So, yeah. So that's where you are. You're in seminary. That's where I am. Didn't feel like it, but you knew you had to do it. Yep. And so, and, and it's like you said, that's something really cool. There's a difference between feeling peace and having peace. So you would say in the, in that moment up to starting, you didn't feel it. You like, you didn't feel peace until like it really happened. Yeah. I don't think, I felt peace until I guess school started. I can't really remember. I know making that first payment was tough. <laughs> I bet. That was really tough, but we did it. And I think after that, I was like, okay, like I'm in this. There's no backing out now. So. But then like, you know, we have this long story, but honestly, so many life events have happened in the last two years. Mm-hmm. That's like finishing college internships, three, four different jobs, getting married, having a very scary moment near the first half of marriage, and now like taking a big financial decision. But And do you have an idea why God wants you to do seminary? Hmm. I honestly have no idea. Um, it's Telequal all over again. Yeah. Like, so at Church on the Move, we talk about knowing God, um, growing in freedom, discovering your purpose, and going making a difference. I feel like all of the go make a difference things they show is like so cool. Mm-hmm. But my go right now feels like it's a dark cave that has like a few candles lit, and that's just where my seat is, and I'm all <laughs> by myself. So my go is like complete opposite of everybody else's because it's seminary and it's me head down in my studies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's interesting. Um, so you just know that God will use it eventually. You're in a big faith step right now. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. You've done a lot in the last couple of years, and it's so fun to see. You know, we heard a lot of your story at the beginning, and this is what you became. Like, God is using somebody with a big past. You've learned to trust. Over the years, how have you seen your relationship grow in trust? Like, how, how do you feel it was at the beginning to where it was now? 
Yeah. I'd say in the beginning, my relationship with God was based on a lot of like, lots of feel good and lots of like emotion. Um, like really big moments, I guess. So I don't know, but over the years it's become much more concrete and just logical and like just reading through scripture and understanding how other Christian leaders make decisions. Then it's just like, I just know logically, like it almost feels less intimate with Jesus, which that sounds sad. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know if I can get away with someone <clears throat> saying that. Sorry. It's <laughs> casually good. spiritual podcast. Uh, you got me. You win this. One. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know, I guess as you mature, it's just like God's silent more often because he exp- he knows that you know what to do. It's just a matter of doing it. So, but obviously knowing what the Bible says is super important and making your decisions. So. It was awesome. You were 16, you know, partying, living life. God gets a hold of you. And then you kind of let go. Then you kind of get back. You've never like gone, but right. it was rough. Here we are now. Super awesome with God. You're 25 at this point, right? Yep. You're going to have to, in only two years, you've made a lot of decisions. In the next five, you're probably going to have to make so much more. Where do you see God taking you at least? Where can you see yourself in the next five years? Yeah, I honestly have no idea. Um, Is that more of a scary kind of thing or exciting, do you think? I mean, I wish I knew. I can't say it's scary, but I wish I knew what I was doing in five yeah. years. Um, like looking back five years ago, what was I doing? I was 20. You were 20? Yeah, so... Kind of around dry gulch, first dry gulch. Like at that time, college. I would have no... Like it's impossible for me to yeah. know that I would have even been married yet. Like at uh, that, that point, I thought I would have been single for the rest of my life. <laughs> we all we all hit that point yeah. when, you hit, when you hit 20, I think. <laughs> Everybody's like that. Yeah. So I don't know where I'm going to be in five years. Um, I don't know. I feel like my dream job is like almost like a Tim Mackey, like Bible professor slash teaching pastor. But I could be completely wrong about my own self-awareness. Like you don't see yourself on stage. You see yourself like smaller, intimate. Yeah, it could be both. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So looking at your life and all we've talked about, if we get to the end of all this, we get to heaven. Your 100% is here. We get to heaven, and God is pulling stories out, and he's showing this is what things were meant to be. We get to Tyler Downs. What do you feel the one story, the one moral from your life is that we can learn from this? I feel like the only thing that matters at that point is that I actually loved people well. Wow. Um, Whenever I see Jesus in heaven one day, I just want to be known for loving people the best way that I could. I I just think of Bob Goff right now. Like, (laughs) what a dude. He's the man. He's the goat. He's the goat. So. So, yeah. You've blessed me a lot with this, Tyler. I think this was really good. Kind of not the direction I thought. Really well thought out. But, you know, I'm glad I got to know you a little more from this. I hope, you know, somebody's going to get something that decisions aren't always easy. And 
you know, you don't really know where things are going to go, but at some point, I like you said, I really love that you may not feel it, but you can have it. I think that's something really cool. Um, if we want to connect with you more, if people really like you, we've we've teased it a little bit, but how are different ways? You have a blog and social media. How, how can people get connected with Tyler Downs? <laughs> yeah, so I guess the easiest way would to be to go to Instagram. So it's at T Downs. Um, spell I guess, Downs. Yeah, sure. I guess I should spell that. T-D-O-W-N-E-S-S is my username. What is your handle? My handle on Instagram. Come on, man. I just sounded so old. Yeah, you, you're a grandpa. Here yeah. we are. And then, so if you get to my Instagram page, my blog is in my link. Um, so then you can just click on the link and then there's all the stuff I've written. So I want everyone to read at least a couple of his blogs, read more on the seminary one, get him to relaunch the blog. <laughs> one of my favorites. It's a reason why I knew... Like for my first few episodes, I want Tyler because his blog is something that can bless you. Well, it's been fun and I hope everybody enjoyed this. Well, we'll talk to you later, Tyler. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. I'll be honest. I may have known maybe 25% of the details he just shared, but I'm so glad he got real and honest on some of the decisions he faced, but also the struggles and trip ups he had along the way. Tyler is a story of a lot of us where each time we screw up, we feel like we've hit the bottom but God still has a plan. So if you're out there and you feel like you're just one big screw up, no, that's not how God looks at you and that he does have something for you in the future. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast. If you like this episode and want to hear more, follow, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and support us by sharing on social media. To stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at Casually Spiritual, on Twitter at This Is The CSP, and leave us a like on Facebook. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Grandma sells CBD? Yeah, she's in a. We need to go to Grandma's house. But Tyler, I'm really glad you're here. Any final words you'd like to say? Just, uh,. Yeah, got nothing. Well, that's anticlimactic. Okay. Well, <laughs> sorry. David can cut that out. I'm actually confused what CBD is. I'm not going to lie. Thank you, Pizza Pringles.